0: The Diamantina Podcasting Network is proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet we call Lugby League. He
1: must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. <laughs> now watch the defense, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hopalwani with the left foot? as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. <laughs> and, uh, it's just rubbing salt into the worm. You can see the head clash there. Oh, very nasty. And the ground love it. They've all taken their angry pills. That splashes him the ground. The one-handed pass back inside. With a delicate kick. They smacked their bottoms with a beautiful bit of football early. Thank you. Another little slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a V. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Dead It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport.
2: Now, please welcome your hosts, 47 game journeyman Chris Gale and failed grand final halftime entertainment Dennis Garnhand as they fire off.
3: Yes, you are on the Diamantina Podcast Network with Chris Gale and Dennis Carnahan, and they are the iconic, original fire-up opening credits, Dennis, but I'm not sure that's Dave Ray doing the voiceover there.
0: No, I think that's actually the uh, the American Little River Band <laughs> stepped in to take over from the real Little River Band. Well,
3: but... Speaking of which, people don't appreciate how huge the Little River Band were in the United States. I mean, they were- Which one? Ab- the actual one or the
0: fake one? No, no, the, the real one. They yeah.
3: were absolutely massive, particularly during the Shorrock oh. era, but- do we really remember or pay enough reverence in Australia to the Farnham years?
0: <laughs> the Farnham years is a wonderful story that Farnham watched Little River Band, sorry, that Shorek watched Little River Band with Farnham and he was really pissed off because all the songs were put up a major fourth, put up five semitones. So all of them sounded ballsier. All of them sounded strong. Like if you play ACDC down a fourth, so you're playing E instead of A, it sounds pissy. ACDC tuned their guitars to B flat instead of A, just to have that little bit more right.
3: in it. bit like Sabbath.
0: And suddenly Little River Band had so much ballsier, so much more meat, so much more rock and power. And Shorrock was really pissed off because he couldn't sing that high, which right. Farnham had a you know soprano voice.
3: I can only name, I think it was called The Other Guy. That's the only Little River Band song I can remember where Farnham had lead vocal duties. But I mean, the Shorrock, Uber is just unbelievable. Well, he did all the the short songs. And in a little bit of meta, of course, they had an album called Diamantina Cocktail, and here we are on the the Diamantina Diamantina Podcast Network. Network. Wow! Look, Dennis, it's a pretty sad week uh, that we've experienced. It's a week that I would describe as one of loss. I mean, we've lost Carla Zampatti. Mm -hmm. Peter Credlin wrote in her column, she said, I think every Australian woman would have a Zampatti in their wardrobe. But I don't think she understands the complete socioeconomic structure of our... (laughs) Society.
0: Oh, well, they're not Australian women. If they don't, that would be Peter Credlin's understanding. <laughs> That's right. Uh, prince Philip, of course. Prince Philip, yes. Anyway. I, I met the prince. Did you? Yes. In what context? I met the prince in 1977. They're out here for a jubilee. And... Uh, I, was, I haven't told this story before. I no. I, oh, I was at school child. All the school children from Canberra marched along to Anzac Parade. And we had a practice day a couple of days earlier. And we marched along. And um, being in fifth grade, we'd just been given our pen licenses. And me and my pal, Matt Green, were like, wouldn't it be cool to peace shoot the Queen? Like no. spitball them. <laughs> oh, no. So we've gone down with our pens in our top pocket and some little bits of paper. And on the day, we've lined up and put the paper in our mouth and put it in the pen. And sitting there surreptitiously, the Queen is about five, seven metres away, and we both pull our pens out, miss. But one goes past her eyeline, and the Queen <laughs> glances and sees it go past. And we then, suddenly, I just remember it, everything went white and hot. And it was like, what have we just done? And we're putting our pens back together, putting in our pockets, and both of us just shaking, going, that was really, really stupid. At which point, Phil, who is walking right beside the barrier, walks past and stops in front of us and looks at us and says, Hello, boys. And he's got his hands (laughs) clasped behind his back. How I didn't wet myself, I don't know. He then goes, leans in close and says, I saw what you did. Absolutely shitting ourselves. He then leans in right in between us and goes, you missed. (laughs) And then carries on
3: down the line. Very good. That was Prince... You're lucky because I think if you look in the English law book, I think under treason, Uh, that's included. I think
0: we would have been in the tower. Gee, I'm glad you didn't say
3: you've met Prince Philip later in life in some sort of Epstein-type situation. And the one and only Tommy Redonicus, of course. I mean, everyone's been telling their uh, Tommy Radonikus, Radonikus anecdotes. I have none. But I did like Laurie Daly's one saying when he was playing Country Origin and Tommy was coaching... And Tommy goes, we are going to bash him. That was his defensive strategy. And then Laurie went up after training and said, so, Tommy, what, what are you actually looking for here? Are you looking for up and in defense or do you want us to slide and get the, the inside shoulder? And Tommy goes, I'll think about it, Laurie. And he came to training the next day he goes, boys, we're playing slide defense and we're going to bash him. <laughs> Any for you? Any great memories of the man? Uh, it's,
0: most of it has been stories. Like yes. I remember watching him play. And I remember being terrified. I remember being scared watching the West Magpies play when they're on the match of the day on TV. I, you know, I never saw the West Magpie play. My first NRL, uh, rugby, New South Wales Rugby League first grade game would have been eighty-one uh, when when the Raiders joined.
3: Seaford Oval, yeah. I, right.
0: I, I hadn't been to a game before then. I came to a couple in Sydney in the early eighties, but I'd never seen it. And I, I used to be terrified when Wests were on match of the day. I was scared of them, Donnelly and Boyd. Like they were just terrifying. But, I, <laughs> I would lose sleep.
3: There's a wonderful image them. that I will post on the fire up Facebook. Page, which was from the ad they ran, where the five West Boys did an ad for the Sydney Sun, which was one of the afternoon newspapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tommy Boyd, Dorahee, Dallas Donnelly, and Graham O'Grady, and they looked terrifying, unbelievable.
0: I, and- I did, I did know, I, I had done a couple of functions with um, Tommy, with Tommy, and it was post Arty dying, and he could not speak about Arty without bursting into tears, sure. and it was. just not what I expected from my memories as as a child in the 70s seeing him play seeing him burst into tears and openly bawling about Artie everyone was was quite amazing
3: like Les Boyd says you know every telephone conversation he'd end with I love you Les yeah and uh, he was a man who apparently very much wore his emotions on the sleeve and of course there's a lot of uh, swelling of support for the idea of the Origin Shield being called the Beats and oh. Radonicus Shield, and it seems to make sense, the inaugural captains. It's beautiful. And obviously
0: you're not like that because it's not a commercial arrangement. It's a, it's a traditional, and you'd much prefer the commercial arrangements
3: and sponsorships. No, but I it'd be, be, it'd, I it'd think be something a... like the Super Duper <laughs> Radonicus, Beats and Shield. Yeah, it them, and it? doesn't exist anymore, does it? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, but, you know, tr- that era was when I first started Could watching Could it be
0: the Bitonic <laughs> The Bitonic Like, make them a super couple. The be-tonicus. Betonicus.
3: Yep. Yeah. 1975. Betonicus. Jets versus Roosters was my first game at Henson Park. Ooh. But the loss has extended from the individuals to your team, the Canberra Rainers, Dennis, and, of course, my previously mighty West Tigers. It's
0: frustrating, mate. It's so
2: frustrating. And... Now we gotta find something. It's been the same, the same. So same
1: stuff for three years. It's just I'm over it, and we gotta we gotta fix it, mate. It's just not good enough. And I got a, yeah, I got I've got a winning team in there because uh, we didn't get the points tonight. But uh, I I know what change room I like. I prefer to be in coaching tonight, and that's in my change room. And.
0: Uh, yeah, just disappointment. Um, thought across the board. Um, yeah, no, we just really lacked effort and drive, and it hurt. Where we are at the present moment is a tune, and there's complacency sitting inside us. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty disappointing.
3: Would have thought out of Athens, Georgia, alternative rock band REM would have such an important role in sport because we certainly hear that tune when, are we, when we're dealing with a sense of loss. And rugby league, it's many things, it's hate, but it's certainly a lot about loss. And Do they play? Is there a, with the new American
0: league forming, is there a team in Georgia?
3: Don't think so. Because
0: he clearly. They have a great understanding of what rugby league is all about. It's yes. all about hurting. Yeah. The, the only issue is it says sometimes it yeah. should be 15 out of 16 that's on right. average, but in fact for, for, for some, for some, it's it's you know a lot more than that.
3: I think it's the Vegas Venom. Am I? Is that the franchise in Las Vegas? I think I think that's who I'm going to get behind. But uh, yeah, really, really tough times in Australia, particularly for fans of the West Tigers. Now. With the loss of Tommy Radonicus, now Alberti played for the Western Suburbs side of the merger and he never ran onto Leichhardt Oval Which as a Which is, of course, the most ground. powerful
0: side. And it is, you know, they're the, the,
3: the financiers. And is there actually a Belmain Tigers anymore? And Theoretically, in some of the lower grades, I believe. <clears throat> but, you know, and Tommy never ran onto Leichhardt Oval as a home ground advantage. No. The opportunity was, with his passing, was to celebrate him appropriately at Lake Oval as we took on the hapless North Queensland Cowboys oh. who were donut and four going in uh, now I was there Dennis were you? No, I believe you were working the St. George Parramatta game, correct?
0: I was watching St. George belt Parramatta, and I have to say it was beautiful. Like, I do love how cocky Parramatta fans get early season. Every year, year after year, they get
3: cocky, and then suddenly they just lose to the
0: Dragons. <laughs>
3: well, we might come to the Dragons a little bit later. But no, uh, that's a, where I was. A friend of mine who I watched that game on replay with just simply said continuously, they're cheating, they are cheats. <laughs> who, the Dragons? Yeah. Why, because they were playing better? 11-6 yeah. against, we'll come to that. So the day began with a moving tribute where uh, every number seven jersey in the various games that were on, they played four games during the morning and afternoon, had the number seven jersey retired. Nice. Tigers ran onto the field, followed by a halfback Louf Brooks in a number 22 jersey, and he just simply handed it to the chairman of the West Tigers, Lee Hatcher Mm-hmm. Who looked like he was an extra from The Sopranos? I'm telling you, and it was it was kind of like one of those things, like putting the you know the the flower on the yeah the coffin as a uh, he's one of ours, he's one of yeah, theirs, yeah. He's,
0: he's a friend of mine, a friend of ours, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. and and obviously and he then draped the jersey over one of the chairs on the bench and uh, basically was saying that the Tigers were stuffed, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it, it played out after the Hammer scored a try that was eerily reminiscent down the left hand wing as Ray, uh, uh, Nathan Blacklock. Did in 2001 (laughs) when we led 22-21 with a minute and a half on the uh, clock and uh, attempted a field goal and then Blacklock came and scored a try down exactly the same wing, same corner, uh, though uh, Tabby Alfredo did not do a backflip after he scored a try after Blacklock. Such a tiger's story. 20 years. It's just like, it's just a recurrent nightmare. Yeah. And as Gus Gould suggested, we didn't handle the occasion well. So we were suddenly our, finding ourselves behind on the scoreboard, 22 points to six. Now, on this particular occasion, I'd had my mate Pete Collar with me, but I also had four wrestlers from Pro Wrestling Australia. Oh, who were they? They were Matt Rogers, Yeah, um, the most fearsome uh, individual in professional wrestling. Not the wrestling. former Shark and Union player. No, 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 but he does spell his name M-A-T. Ooh, Belle Pierce, who's part of SMS, a faction who's devoted to censorship across this great nation of ours. And we're, we're, we're very concerned about Belle because she was uh, formerly a hippie wrestler, and now she's just gone the personification of evil with a spear to die for, mind you. So has
0: she gone so far left that she's actually gone around and come to
3: right. Correct. <laughs> right. Jack J. Bonza, member of the Red Nation. Okay. And JT, a ring announcer, who was oh. formerly Future Shock.
0: Hang on, JT. So Tamalolo or Taylor or or, or,
3: or who's your captain? Jason Tamo? Tamo? Well, Tamo was on the bench so much. He could have been in the box with us. And anyway, so at 22 to 6, and I'm reading the mood mood outside, and there was a box of Tigers fans in front of us who were just blowing up the larks. Yeah. And in front of that was Latrell Mitchell and his family. Oh, uh, nice. Which led the Tigers guys to... Very respectful. Yeah, call for Latrell to come on. And Latrell saw the funny side of it, took photos after. was absolutely fantastic. But I said to the wrestlers, they're going to boo us. 22 6 and then Cowboys scored again and it's 28-6. You can hear the audio there from the game. That's real audio from the game. So we are down 28-6, and this comes off the back of the ground announcer. Go, come on, West Tigers hey, fans. Hey, this
0: audio, is that is that from the game or is that from the wrestling?
3: No, no, that's from the game. Right, right. Oh, it does. You're right. And the, the ground announcer goes, Come on, get behind your West Tigers. Let's go, Tigers, and you heard. And the wrestlers go, These guys are incredible. Because Redford Pat pointed it out to me. These what Tigers guys know how to get some heat from the crowd. Oh, yeah, you know? that
0: really riled them up.
3: And according to the script, what was going to happen? Well, we had to wait for half time, right? So we're down 28-6 at halftime, and the boos have been raining out. And uh, one of the sponsorship guys takes current West Tigers players, Billy Walters and Sean Bloor, and takes them to meet the people in the various corporate areas, right? And so Billy Walters and Sean are brought into our box... <laughs> And immediately start profoundly apologizing. Sorry about this. This is unacceptable. We're going to fix this. You shouldn't have to endure that. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, Sean was talking to my mate Pete, and I'm talking to Billy and Bell Pierce from SMS. And get your tickets on ticks for the, the next PWA show. Aussie Open versus the Velocities. When May eighth. May 8, May eight. Max Watts, going to be huge. Tag team, belts on the line. What day of the week's that? Sorry?
0: What day of the week's
3: that? That's a Saturday. Anywho... Bell Pierce is a Broncos fan. I go, oh, Bell, uh, this is Billy Walters. Uh, his father coaches the Broncos. And Billy looks at her and goes, I guess I should apologize for that as well. <laughs> anyway, I said, how's the knee going? He goes, good. I said, you want a good so you can get out on the field. You don't have to do this anymore, right, Billy? Anyway, they walked out and there was a little bit of hope. Uh, Dennis and Pat, you'd be familiar with the format at Leichhardt. What do you get at halftime? Oh, the Devonshire scones. You get the scones, the jams, the cream, oh, the party pies, the sausage oh, rolls, spirits yeah. lifted, the Tigers Ooh. rallied, yes, and we lost by four points.
0: Oh, what a great day. What a like, what, what, There must have been a lot of satisfied Tigers fans walking out upset and sad, but familiar and warm with that feeling.
3: About 20 years ago, Nathan Blacklock <laughs> down the left wing. I mean, it just all unravels. And, and of course, Paul Candice pointed out the people who've given up a day's work to come to the game. And to those people... I say, you're bloody idiots right? yeah. because you get what you deserve.
0: So my first ever time at Leichhardt was uh, it was a Friday night in the mid-90s and went with a group of friends to watch the Bears play the Tigers. It was it was like round one of the season. Bears, Tigers, Leichhardt, how good. And um, the Tigers were <laughs> about six points up and they lost by two with, <laughs> with 10 minutes to go. And all the Bears fans were up and about. And I couldn't help myself. I was in my Woodgers jersey. But say... There's nothing happier than an early-season Bears fan. And they all loved it. They're like, you're right. There is how good early season. Early season's great. And the Tigers fans just walked out. We went to that pub that's on the way home. Oh, memories.
3: It's not all bad because we got uh, a little bit of fuel for our feud with Penrith out of this. So we're now at 100% capacity in our grounds, but that's in the grandstand seated areas. There are still social distancing requirements about capacity on the hill. Uh Now you were out at Penrith v Canberra. Sorry about that. Sold out. Yep, sold out, and it was packed on the hill.
0: It was packed on the hill. Well, the hills are at each end. Yes. So normally at most grounds, if you get, you know, you can fill the sides pretty easy,
3: but getting the ends packed, and it was shockers. And CEO Brian Fletcher from Penrith now realizes he misread the memo from the New South Wales government, and he sold too many tickets on the hills. Right. So the Tigers have said, hey, we followed the rules. We're a sellout. And they announced the crowd is 9,400 and something. Now I know my Leichhardt crowds. I'm telling you there are 13,000 people there. And this is the first time in history that I can be aware of a rugby league club understating the crowd <laughs> to show how compliant they are and what good guys they are <laughs> and it's just you know again the Ivan Cleary most evil person in rugby league Penrith just flouting the rules they are the Kardashians of rugby league oh 100% and we might come to them shortly now the other big losses again we are always breaking news on this podcast Dennis even though it's time shifted yep the news has come through on the wires what in relation to the Sharks coaching situation
0: well we we know that next year Bomber's gone <sighs> So the Bomber won't be there next year because they've signed up um, the Roosters' assistant coach for the last eight years, whose father coached the Sharks. Alan. And his father, Alan, coached the Sharks, Fitzgibbon. And so that he's signed up. Now, there's, they might be getting Cameron Seraldo. They might not. But he was the Bondi wall that was instituted, as in lie on the players and hold them down in the ruck and give away penalties. That's the Fitzgibbon method. He's now going to be head coach from next year. He's got a three-year contract. But no one knows where that leaves Bomber. No one knows whether the Roosters will let him go early. And maybe they could sack Bomber now and get rid of it. So at this stage, it looks like they're not going to. So will John Morris walk away? Or will he stick out the year? Because it's understood he has the dressing room.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not so sure about that. Because, you know, like this was being discussed uh, in the exalted uh, hallways of 360 last night. And Ben Iken's going, hey, they've been top eight the last two years. You know, he's had all sorts of salary cap limitations. It's and not his team. It's not his wasn't roster. It wasn't his team, not his roster, surely. And then Kenty, who just listened to Buzz and Hoop sort of giving the counter thing, which is, People don't want to come and play for John Morris. People don't
0: want to come and play for John Morris.
3: Hence, we're establishing the fire-up centre of coaching excellence <laughs> to try and put these kiddies like Morris and maybe Fitz, Craig Fitzgibbon and Sir Aldo. Aldo. Yeah, get, the, get them up and make them uh, recruitment we'll ready. We'll to come and yeah. help. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll be bugging the spirit of Tommy. Just pass him. <laughs> and uh, so the, the problem was there that they weren't going to play for Morris and then Kenty chipped in and said, ah, here he prevaricates. He prevaricates. And that, he of course, said, everyone died for the dictionary. and said, what does that mean? He goes, he comes in with a solution one day and a different solution, the other. Yep. So there are a few question marks about it, but it's pretty tough, right? Because, first of all, good-looking guy. Oh, yeah. If they rebooted Apollo 13, he could play the Jack Swigert role in a minute because he reminds me very much of Kevin Bacon. He just needs to get the hair a bit more up. Right.
0: But that, that's just a styling issue.
3: But... Also, we've heard Sean Johnson rhapsodise about how great a coach and how much he did for Sean. Rhapsodise, yeah. pervaricates. Who's yeah. 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 down on the sidelines at the moment. But you've come across some feedback about Morris, about how a sort of quintessential shark he is.
0: Well, he has, according to his manager, Gavin Orr, he has shark's DNA. Wow. Now, this is an interesting thing because there's an article the BBC wrote in their science page of 2019 all about great white sharks may hold the secret to curing cancer mm-hmm. and other age-related diseases. And you look at Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart is only 19, nineteen. Have you seen how he looks? coaching ages you where is he saying? Johnny Morris. Boy, he I looks fantastic. Fantastic. And it's all twenty one to tomorrow. Shark's DNA. It also reveals that their DNA strands are fifty percent longer than human DNA. They have a lot of mutations, inverted comma symbol, mutations Could, in there. Because
3: he would have eels, tigers and knights yes, DNA. All in these in there mutations as well,
0: right? which protect against cancer and other illnesses. They also make them uh, heal quicker from wounds and you look at that jawline that's a magnificent jawline it's that's, so that's not square. like the gigantism that you've
3: got over young nathan cleary of
0: young nathan cleary so uh, you know, this is uh, research carried out by the save our seas foundation shark research center at nova Southeastern South university in florida do they have a rugby league team they will soon they will soon and maybe that's where johnny morris will go the
3: florida sharks yeah wouldn't that be fantastic So, I mean, this is a a developing story. I will say about Craig Fitzgibbon, my favorite Craig Fitzgibbon moment, and there are many, Mm. was when he again, assistant coach for the Roosters. (laughs) 2015, I happened to be up at the, is it preliminary final, qualifying final? I never know. One of the semis. One of the semis. And they're playing the the Bronx, the Roosters. And you knew from moment one in that game that the Broncos are going to win because Sean Kenny Dowell... Uh, I think, receives the kickoff and then double pumps a pass and is intercepted by Darius and the Broncos are off and running. Yep. And there's a young, exuberant Broncos fan yep. who's been on the drink and every time the Broncos scored, and we were sitting right in front of the coach's box with Robbo and Fitzy, he'd come up and sort of lair at the box, right? So, of course, when full time is blown, he's just gone up, given the double finger to the Roosters box, swaying from side to side because he's clearly intoxicated. <laughs> and Fitzgibbon pounds on the glass with his hand and starts doing the slashing throat uh, notion the,
0: which I believe the couple a bungle, yeah. which is banned from the harker
3: right he's doing the harker he's doing the couple a that's what you want in your first grade coach and um, <laughs> well, if- it's better. he's better than blowing kisses <laughs> yeah and if Johnny Morris has got shark DNA thank goodness he's not lumbered with the octopus DNA we're only one oh. former rugby league great has it and we speak of course of Cameron Smith. Smith you're on fire up we'll be back in a moment
1: yeah, Brian Tahoe. He's a great player, <laughs> terrific player. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Did I get his name wrong? <laughs> no.
3: Brian Tahoe. Toho. Toho. There's no Toho. There. <laughs> There's Tahoe. no
1: there. Zava, Simon Fagali. Both the I struggle with this. Treboidovich. No, that's
3: not it. Traboydovich.
1: Traboydovich. That's it. But I'm getting better, aren't I? No. I think Peter Beattie's done a good, solid job, been a bit clumsy, mucked up some names. I've been covering football for four decades and I did not understand it.
3: Buzz Rothfield. <laughs> now, now, we're laughing with him, not at him, surely.
1: Oh, 100%. Because
3: we all struggle with Tarrovic and Ta'ho <laughs> and Siamana for night. Well, we probably don't, actually, but
0: still. Tino <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maliawi.
3: How much do you get paid to do this podcast? <laughs> not a Nothing. cent. Come on, Buzz. <laughs> it's
0: not that hard. As Big Tino says in it's not actually that hard.
3: Yeah, that, yeah, I do <laughs> Fasuma-la-lua. Fa'a. When there's the apostrophe, yep.
0: put a pause. Fa-a. Other than that, it is straight phonetic. They only have five vowels. They have no diphthongs. So the Pacifica languages don't have diphthongs. Take me through it. Fa'a. Fa'a. S-U-A. Sua. Yep. Ma, M-A-L-E-A-U-A. La'ui. Right. faa suma
3: la Close. Thank you. But I saw now, speaking of Brian Toto, who is who is the... <laughs> and and you can't say it without saying, Uh-oh, <laughs> Toto! He's playing good footy. He's fun to watch. And if you say, uh-oh, Toto, that takes me to, uh-oh, Chungo, which was... Danger Island. ...on the Banana Splits. Oh! Starring a young Jan Michael Vincent. Jan, not Jean? No, was it? No, Jan Michael Vincent. I think mm. it was. Banana Splits, were you a fan? Yeah. Very surreal for those who don't remember it. There were these four guys in these animal suits.
0: One banana, two banana, three banana, four. Oh, yeah. um, four banana playing now, they can't be many more. Yeah. Flipping like a pancake, pancake popping, popping like, like a cork.
3: Jingo, Fringo, Fingo no, uh, makes four. It's Flegal, Bingo, <laughs> Drooper and Snork, whose actual full name was Snorky. And they rode around in the banana buggies. And they would have these sort of surreal interstices between cartoons like uh, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves and all these things and the Three Musketeers. Oh, like The fourth Musketeer was D'Artagnan. It used to confuse me as a child. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but the thing that I really like and I think had some sort of formative thing me of me as a young male, sort of the hormones starting to work with the Sour Grapes Bunch. Oh, goodness. Do you remember yes. Sour Grapes Bunch? Yes. So they were young girls who would come in go-go dancing in the Sour Grapes Bunch
0: Quite challenging for a, pu- a pubescent yeah. boy
3: child and sort of miniskirts and dancing around and then they bop the banana splits on the nose. It was I, don't know, I still haven't got over it.
0: I'd, I'd put them alongside uh, hot gossip.
3: I actually have a copy of. They recently did the banana splits movie and they've turned it into a slasher flick where, where the four banana. And so they obviously, whoever's made this movie has channelled the same fear I had. Yeah. Uh, I'll save it for a rainy um, day where the Tigers are playing and I decide not to go out. But Toa, who is the premier meter eater in the rugby league and part of the Kardashian Panthers because they yeah. are the nouveau rich. They, oh, very. There's, a, very there's, a, there's an arrogance that's emanating from the foot of the mountains, Dennis, mm. from Blue Bet Stadium, to oh. give her its current name, which must drive you nuts.
0: Not at all. What do you pa- call it? Penrith Stadium. Penrith Stadium. Or, or right. Panther Park.
3: Panther Park? Yeah. That's he of it. Is that before Pan- they built Pan- the stadium? stadium? Is that what it was? Panther
0: no, Park? no, Panther Park's kind of the
3: colloquial name for it. Right. Panther Park. Right. It's beautiful. So they're out of BlueBet Stadium, yeah. uh, I think to the tune of about 30 points to 10, something in that region yes. went down to your Canberra Raiders. Now, you were there. No, the Canberra Raiders went down to them. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, got that round the wrong way. That's right. It, That's right. it was Canberra one of those lost. games, though.
0: Where I don't think the score reflected the game. There was an intercept well, pass with a few minutes to go and then another try. Like So the Raiders were playing catch-up. When you play catch-up, you have to play high-risk footy. There was two tries scored off high-risk footy that weren't game right. plan. Right. So I think 20 to 10, you know... Eighteen, ten. So yeah, probably reflected
3: it. Did Ricky Stewart give a press conference after saying I'd rather be in this dressing room? He would one hundred percent rather be there though, because
0: he has players that are humble, he has players that are grounded, that are earthed. Understand footy. He doesn't have a bunch of showboating pretty boys who are celebrating. Sure, they've won 20 games, but they've done nothing. Where are they in the record books? Well, I mean... They, did they win the grand final last year? Are they reigning premiers? No, they're nothing. They're absolutely nothing. And they're cock-a-hoop and dancing around and mocking the Viking clap, which, fair point to them. However, as my Bulgarian weightlifting coach used to say, and I can't say it in Bulgarian, the ones you meet when you up are the ones you meet when you're down and I look forward to when those kiddies from Penrith when the Kardashians have their downfall and all have their marriages fall well, I'm not going to say that <laughs> but they all like the downfall like the Kardashians and the Raiders are just going to win it's going to beat them and they're not going to sit there and layer up or anything it's going to go yeah, how do you feel now boys <laughs> it's funny when What's you talk on?
3: when I reflect on the most recent premierships won by our relative teams mm. yeah 94 for you 94. Yeah.
0: Long, 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 long time Penrith, ago.
3: 2003? Tigers, 2005. <laughs> Fortunately, Redfern Pat's not on the mic at the moment. But there was an incident <laughs> after yet another Panthers try mm-hmm. where your mate Joseph Tarpany was waiting to be subs on the field. And, uh, it, Standing there minding and his it kind business. of went a little south, didn't it?
0: Standing there minding his own business. And the Kardashians came and swamped him. And he just stood there and he smiled and said, boys, I'm, I'm not even on the field. I'm not even... What are you doing? You guys are layering up, and I'm not even on the field. You should be layering up at the people you beat. I've been on the bench. Why are you layering up at me? And they kept layering up. This is the thing. They're doing burnouts. They're on the pink party bus, and they have done nothing. You don't win premierships in April, and you don't layer up until you win.
3: Well, a lot of the commentators were suggesting that is exactly where they want to be. They're not playing their best football now. They'll be playing their best football at the end of the year. What team doesn't intend to do that, I guess, would be my question. Well,
0: I'd say the Panthers. <laughs> you,
3: you mentioned the Panthers crowd imitated yeah. the clap. How do you, if I had to endure Tigers fans booing their own team, how do you look at another set of fans imitating the Canberra in clap and clapping, giving you guys the clap, so to speak?
0: I don't know what it is. I don't know what format and what media it is. Ricky doesn't have Russell's book of feuds. Mm-hmm. But Ricky has a memory. Put it in the bank? It's in the bank. It's and just like, and may I take you back to a certain Adam Farnua Blake who didn't play this weekend so his Warriors lost. And they had a game where they clear, they won the game in Canberra on the back of what Annesley came out and said, that was the wrong call. Uh, they shouldn't have scored that try. The Raiders should have won. And Adam Furno Blake, as a crowd of booing, is giving boo boo fingers, booing yeah, yeah, hands, I the style. Eyes, giving that to the. No, he was blowing kisses.
3: No, he also did. The, he did the, the, the boo boo eyes. Yeah, he did all that.
0: So Adam Furno oh, Blake did the. I did the full range. He did <laughs> He's the, such a bastard. Did the boo boo eyes to the crowd. Can you imagine the joy when the seagulls came back to town and they smashed them? And Adam Furno Blake, the whole crowd is one. We're going. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, 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 at Adden, and he just sat Then, Fair call. He just copped it. He, he sat there, and smiled, and waved at them.
3: Well, your only potential revenge this year is the playoffs because you don't meet again in the regular season. When we
0: kick them out and say, Hey, yeah, how's that for your 30 year revolution? And yeah. In terms
3: of poor behaviour, one thing that I picked up that didn't seem to get on the wire very much was uh, Panthers scored yet another try. The boys were layering it up, congratulating each other on mm-hmm. the fence. And Hudson Young came and petulantly kicked the ball at high velocity. And went straight into the little panther uh gathering the there. kardashian. Had it not, would have taken out some kitty on the hill. And I think Hudson Young, who's had issues, needs to think about the children a little bit more, Dennis. Hudson Young
0: had just given away the penalty on the 20-meter line on the second tackle, which uh,
3: gave it away. Now, just speaking of Penrith before we move on to the next thing, uh, I mentioned Kevy Walters before. I love Kevy. And uh, Billy apologising to a Broncos fan about his father's coaching. Yes. But he gave a little gem in the press conference after their loss to the Rabbits this week.
2: What gives you hope, Kev, that you're heading in the right direction? What, well, I've seen enough tonight in different stages of the game. South Sydney are a top four side. They finished a preliminary final, possibly could have gotten in the grand final last year and have been very good for two or three years. So we're not playing against mugs. These are the best teams in the competition in the last two weeks, along with Penrith um, next week, which is, you know, our, our next opponent. So...
3: So, so he's kind of sort of put... Put a context, like, you know, we've competed for periods of the time. The game against Melbourne and Souths, you know, we've done the hard work. And then he just occurs, (laughs) we've got Ben next week. (laughs) God, it's tough, but get rid of the gingham, Kevy. Now, the other rampant team, and you were at Bank West Stadium. Yep. Western Sydney Stadium. Thank you. Thank you. To see a rampant St. George Illawarra Dragons, give it to the Parramatta Eels, who had previously unbeaten. I know you were working feverishly trying to deliver the great sonic work on the ABC radio network that we all well, enjoy. It was a and wonderful love.
0: orchestra because obviously, with, with when you're mixing, you have the the crowd. That's the string section underneath the virtuoso violins of the commentators and the the counterpoint given by the the woodwinds or the the referees. The orchestra was fantastic at uh, Western Sydney Stadium. Because there's, there's so Dragons have a lot of fans, and yeah. Dragons fans don't like eagles.
3: And there was good turnout, and there's no hill, so every, everyone was legal.
0: And everyone was legal. Plus, because of the cauldron effect, the sound in there swirls. So when the Dragons scored, you couldn't tell whose home game it was. It's yeah, true.
3: There was just so much noise. It was beautiful. Modern architecture. And and to as I said, my mate Pete Collar came back to my house to watch the replay on delay, and of course I was despondent, disconsolate, and depressed about the Tigers but he's arcing up about what was going on in the game because there were 11 six agains awarded against the St. George Illawarra Dragons <laughs> only in exchange for one Sin bin to Tarek Sims after four in a row. And he's just going, they're cheats, they're cheating. I hate St. George, they're cheats. To be honest, I couldn't give a rat's ass because we've just been bundled out. Paramount fan? Huge Parramatta fan now. It's come to come to it late <laughs> oh, in life.
0: Oh, that makes me so happy because Parramatta fans, like I said, early season, they're so up and about and so excited and so this is it. They're the only team that hold the Raiders out from being the longest <laughs> drought of premierships are the Eels.
3: Thank uh, God for the Eels. Uh, Andrew Webster pointed out that he was one of the people who questioned whether DJ Hook um, with Stephen Ferris in the assistant coach's box was up to the task, and he says, I think I should be eating a humble pie, but then he referenced the Dragons who were high-flying in 2018 and completely dropped their bundles. Which
0: is, of course, the Dragons thing to do. They're exactly shark. right. So it's, so it's t- a
3: little premature, but they're very uh, direct. Mm. They're playing bustling defense. It's very physical. And as I said, 11-6 again. Can I get the sound again from you, Dennis? Ding. Thank you very much. The oven bell. And only one simbin, which seemed like a good deal. And there's a lot of there was a, a thesis in the Sydney Morning Herald on the weekend, which I haven't had time to read about. You know the impact of the rules because I've been complaining about these rules for two years. Was this by Fitzsimons? No, because it, it would a, be, it'd yeah. be very verbose. Yeah. You wouldn't get time to read that. It Really annoyed me that they they reprinted an old Fitzsimons interview with Tommy Radonicus as part of their tribute stuff in the Herald. I mean, just entirely inappropriate in my. By the way, did you see that the Good Weekend did a ten page expose a couple of weeks ago about what's wrong with rugby union? <laughs> Only ten pages wasn't long enough. How did they get down? And squeeze it, into 10? It, was just, it was just the edited I highlights. I thought they'd sacked all it the sub editors. It was one of those extracts, extracts from a longer <laughs> article about what is wrong with rugby union. i a novel, but I must say, for all you union fans out there, and I know there, <laughs> and I know there is a union podcast now on the Diamantina Podcast Network. I think with the new leadership that they've got in there and the free to wear deal involving Stan, uh, Stan and Nine. Uh, The game is dead and buried. That's not free, (laughs) Stan. Anyway. Uh, but Against one Sim, but it seemed like a good trade. And one of the things that's become very murky is what are the causes of the six again? Because it happens so quickly. And I think what the NRL is doing, and I could be wrong here, (laughs) but I'm seldom wrong, is the referee will actually go six again. Then there's a delay and he waves his arm as the bell comes. So that people, he's already made the call and send the call upstairs, and we've actually not known. So there's this sort of like five second delay on the call. It's actually
0: easy it's one play.
3: Yeah. So that we've got no idea. Yeah. And there's a conspiracy theory, isn't there, about what's happening with the NRL recording this stuff?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, Gus is has piped up about it. Um, Gus, is a conspiracy theory that, that he invented. I don't think. Um, but he's uh yeah he's um he's got this to say about it.
1: The use of the six again penalty restart mm. is is too much. Yep. Too much. And what they've done is they've stopped recording them all, because in week one when I highlighted the fact that some referees were way over the top and some were down, now they've stopped they've stopped actually ah, recording them. The right. figures, no the, public figures, Gus. No, the figures that they publicise are wrong. No, they're right? Not. They're not. You know, you'd have to yeah. be sitting there ticking them off the whole way. But
3: um... so Redfern, Pat, what are you doing right now?
2: Uh, my job is to do stats for the um, for the NRL. For the NRL. For, oh, yes in a roundabout, in a roundabout sort of.
0: Way. And and, and but what, if, what, Hang on. Are you employed by the NRL to keep match stats?
2: No, but the stats are for the NRL. <laughs> so as I said.
3: So shared, your company is employed so by the NRL, correct? Yeah. Is yeah.
0: your company employed by the NRL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it is. So these are official NRL stats. Oh
2: yes, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and in
3: right. your so duties. The
2: app, the, the, the app that updates. That's yep. That's me.
3: And in your duties. Yeah. What do you keep track of, amongst other things? Six against. Can we get Gus Gould and Redfern Pat in a room and settle this score? Because have- if you saw Gus and uh, Gal on 100% Footy last night arguing about the obstruction rule, you know, which cost us the game, I'm just saying, uh, this, this is, you're blowing the lid off a yeah. huge scandal right here. Yeah. So they are. So
0: you are, in fact, for the NRL, keeping yeah. them.
3: Yeah. But they are choosing not to publish them, aren't they?
0: Uh,
2: I'm sure you could find him.
3: Like if you go to the app during the game, the app, yeah. because I Build hate up. the rules so much, I'm blowing up the lux and go, how many yeah. are against us?
2: It does. I don't want to bore people, but it does like...
0: Yes, you do. It
3: changes the. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't lie to them. <laughs> when, I mean, does does anyone even know lying. now that they give a six again if you're inside the 10?
2: <laughs> no, no so the... Yeah, it is hard to keep track of there. If you're just looking at the rock. Generally, you can see that some. So you're some, not you're some, not, not you mic'd
3: up. You, you don't have access to the referees. We're just audio. doing it off of the television. Oh, oh my gosh, that's difficult.
0: You actually yeah. need the referees feed because they will say. Yeah. Um, so, inside the 10, six to go. If so, you're just following down you the can ruck, find six it. to go. The
2: the one with, offside is is odd because technically it happens before. You so need... the offside infringement happens at the ruck when the player's is offside. So then their next involvement is when they call it, but then the. The infringement actually happened at the play of the ball before. What you
0: need is a direct report. You need someone underneath you reporting to you whose job is solely... Someone
2: underneath me, that'd be pretty low. That's That's what I'm saying. That's pretty low in the pecking
0: order. And and their job is to listen to the ref's feed at the ground, get the ref's sports ears. Hello, boys at sports ears. (laughs) Murray Dragoning and the boys. Uh, Pete. And get them to write down what the referee says.
2: Well, there is someone... There is... Because the referee is, is coaching the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a... For the referees, there is...
3: There's a coach, there's this, a match day yeah. coach. So for there the must rush. be a referee's hand side.
2: Yeah, and there is like they oh, keep
0: Oh. Ooh. How good would that be? Tell you what, at, that is kept deep deep secret. At
2: every rockets of the the longer footage, it's like how many players are offside did the referee warn them, you know.
3: By by the way, if there's a if there's a referee's handside, they would have to have a key to what all the nicknames are, like Hornswoggle and things like that. You know, well,
0: Hornswoggle's not a referee. he's, I know, he's, with, the, he's, right. he's with the roosters. With a horse, for And instance. we've got we got the
3: badge. We got the badge at the time. I Togas. know the
0: badge is at your place. Yeah.
3: Chids. I tell you what though, this is this is big stuff. H. Yeah. And uh, I I put a personal call out to the NRL is to get Redfern Pat mic'd up so he can get this accurately done. And these if this information must be shared with the people. Abdo Peter Volandis. Peter Overlord Volandis, Volandis.
0: people like to have you know transparency.
3: Well, they're all talking like there was a thing on the fan with Lara Pitt the other day saying everyone loves to talk about tackle busts now, right? They didn't even used yep. to keep that stat. And Bossy goes, "Yeah, my I wish was- they did.
2: In my day, it was a missed tackle. Right? It'd be a missed tackle against the Tigers, not a now everyone's TBSS,
3: bust. not tuberculosis tackle breaks. Yep. I mean, we got to fix this. I mean, it's
0: good. It's a good spin. We need to, to get do. on here.
3: Well, you know, they got he got he went on Hollow Sport. It but was that's last week. I know, but they to the guy. They think he's terrific. They put a plaque on a bench to him. I yeah. want to challenge him. I'd say Ben Hunt broke his leg because of Peter Valenti. There, I've said it. Uh,
0: so, you're not saying that Peter Valenti's actually broke his
3: leg? No. But he's
0: from that. He's from
3: pretty that. Pretty direct.
2: He's from that underworld. Yeah.
3: And, you know, please get yeah, on our racing. Facebook page and listen to that stand up. Yeah, they're even routine. saying
2: that these racing types would, would yeah. break someone's Murky. leg. No. Don't
3: tell me Lee Hedger, but Tellus is not mixed up in it in some way. <laughs> That's Dino. <laughs> but T- by the way, a tester. As I said, my my friend Peter Collar left my house saying St. George, I hate him. Their cheats, and you want another reason hates St. George? Laura, Josh McGuire is just saying. <laughs> I
0: know, isn't that magnificent?
3: Now, Popeye. Before we Popeye go to the is- break, uh, oh. the other thing I had to endure, and Dennis, we shared this, was the Roosters and one of these stirring comebacks, which the Tigers uh, didn't deliver against the Sharks, and what I call the Battle of the Top Knots is. Uh, well, the Kabuki Top knots is Toby Rudolph t- takes on Angus Crichton. The private school, the Scots College Kabuki Top Knots And as I know, part of my community service is to have a season ticket at the Roosters. And I sit with the... a what,
0: what, what crime did yeah. you commit to have such a yeah. geez, cruel
3: punishment? I, I don't want to go to the ins and outs of it, but I'm not proud of it. And uh, it's it's been a real issue in my family. But anyway. Uh, so I'm sitting amongst these Roosters boosters and caught a former fire-up broadcaster Brett Oten and the hubris and the self-congratulation is that they... Was it up
0: there with Penrith?
3: Oh my goodness and then when Sam Walker throws the Harbour Bridge past they're saying which, they should Which one? The left or the right? The one to the mm-hmm. left they're saying it should be put in the Smithsonian and all this stuff so I'll actually publicly acknowledge I'm going to the Anzac Day Clash as I always do even though the Tigers are playing early in the day and I'm, I'm going as the guest of Stephen Ferris and uh-huh. I've Guaranteed publicly that I will support the St. George Illawarra Aurora Dragons despite Josh McGuire, despite the 11.6 against, yep. because of the way I feel about the Sydney Roosters.
2: And also, we've always said uh, Griffin, great coach, Hook, better bloke. even better blow. Even
3: better And a great DJ. Yeah, Terrific yeah. DJ. And, and in fact, Stephen and I and Hook are we're heading out because now we can dance again. We're off to Universal. So come to Ooh. Oxford Street Sunday night, April 26th. We'll all be there. But um, Sam Walker, of course, uh, you know, I think he's the son of Ben the likeable walker brother. Is that right? I thought Shane was a likeable one. Chris definitely isn't the likeable Chris
0: one. Chris not, no. Is he one of the twins? Is, is Chris one of the twins? Are no they, twins. No, they, he's Ben no and twins? Shane. They're all just brothers? And ben and Shane twins.
3: Oh, well, I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> are they from Ipswich? Well, they are certainly from Ipswich. They 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 got got back, they got so you've got,
0: you've got walkers, you've got Walters, walkers. They're probably some... Anyway, I think he's like Ben's kid,
3: and he's done well in his first two games. He so of play course, like Ben's kid, <laughs> so of course, yeah, that's right. You know who was his father? So of course, there's now a lot of concern that the pressure on the young 18-year-old tyro, let alone Suwali, who's not legal and shouldn't be playing, um, and but, isn't, but could appear at any point of the clock. I haven't seen the selections today. He could be playing. Uh, it, Dean Ritchie in the Astonisher has uh, done the right thing, and he's actually delivered. A 12-point plan devised by four rugby league teenage prodigies to enable Sam to not fall victim to the hype and pressure of being a young NRL sensation. Now, this is terrific work by Dean. When I read the article in more detail, I suspect that maybe he's interviewed the four and they actually haven't put their heads together. But if they haven't, they should take this raw material and refine it because this is a prototype or a blueprint for how every young teen sensation should behave mm-hmm. in order not to get in trouble in their rugby league career. Can I briefly take you through some of the points? Please. Uh, they told Walker too: believe in yourself, believe in, yourself, believe in your preparation. Bit of belief. Good, yep, good belief. Good. Belief is important. Ask senior players for advice, right? So the the implicit there, don't ask other players for advice because what would they know? Because they're young and foolish like Res- yourself respect your elders so th- so we're saying that
0: you have to believe in yourself but ask other people because you shouldn't believe in yourself should you believe in them it, it,
3: sorry because if you need to second guess yourself the only way you can do that is asking your players for advice but, but this, you should believe in yourself anyway. As I said, this is a work okay. in progress. By yep, the way, yep, yep. the four Rugby League teenage prodigies are Tim Brasher. Brasher. Debuted at the age of 18 for Balmain in 1989. With a spectacular Brandy Alexander, Ooh. Age 18 in 1984 for the Penrith Panthers. Paul Langmack was how old when he debuted for the Bulldogs in 83? 16, 17. 17. And 17. And you'll know, uh, coming from Junee. Oh, the Junee Diesels.
0: Jordan, Jordan Rankin.
3: The kid that played... <laughs> uh, well. Not, yes, the not the great yeah. commentator, not
0: the voice of Rugby League. He came from June
3: 8. Laurie Daly. Laurie Daly. And he made his first grade debut at the age of 17 in 1987. Mm. Now, they've said, be wary of social media. I'm mean, i I'm, I'm getting suspicious. Like, What do those four men know about social media? Well, Many of them are well, Insta.
0: They're wary of it because they don't understand That's it. Right. An 18-year-old child, yeah. more
3: than likely, so
0: I'm all over this. Yeah, it, I
3: it, understand should be, it should be clear. It, it should be get off social media. Yep. This is important, and keep this in mind. Don't get ahead of yourself. Now, does that encompass one game at a time? That play, play just every tackle, every tackle. Yeah, full yeah. credit to the boys. Whereas, however, if you Cameron Smith, Smith, when you're on the rugby league field, you can see the future. He says several plays ahead. It's a bit like the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, which makes me wonder. I wonder whether he was like the main protagonist in that series, or whether he's on the trankolizers when he was out playing for Melbourne quite possibly to calm him down. Can you imagine Kevin Smith in bed and he looks up and he sees all 26 players on the field coming out of the ceiling? Probably,
0: he's probably on the game. He's looking up and he can see he's got like, there's like there's a mirror on his ceiling. I yeah. bet he has a mirror on yeah, the ceiling but too. But
3: remember this. Don't get ahead of yourself. Next point. Read the hype but don't listen to it.
1: Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the
3: hype. <laughs> Dean Ritchie. Um, ready yourself for criticism because let's face it from the likes of Dean Ritchie. It's coming. Don't downplay yourself. Self-deprecation, there's no room for it in rugby Doesn't league. Help. Doesn't no. help. Um, here's a really critical one, and I and I think this applies to more than rugby league, but it applies very specifically to rugby league, and that is don't take your eyes off the ball.
0: Now, that's, that's a very, very interesting one. Is that a metaphor or is that actually literal?
3: Well, if you're Robbo, he's a big fan of the eyes-up footy. He says, mm. we play front-door eyes-up footy, and I've mm. always maintained you need to keep your eyes up so you don't walk into the front door if it's closed.
0: Yeah, but... Keeping your eyes... Don't take your eyes off the ball. But a lot of players, you actually need to see what's going on off the ball. to see. If you're a halfback, you need to be seeing... Benji
2: taking on the line on on Thursday night.
3: What was that?
0: Benji, you know, taking
3: over... No, no, you guys don't understand the difference. These are teen sensations. They're saying when you develop as a player, then you can start taking your eye off the ball. Uh, Keep your head. Now, remember, don't get ahead of yourself, but keep your head and be humble. Don't get carried away... Ret- so
0: these so pretty much, they're just saying to the Panthers, keep your head and be humble. <laughs> <"Bop-ow."> <laughs> Don't get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Retain your internal level of excitement. Now, I assume that relates to your career and nothing else that's going on in your personal <laughs> life. Oh, no, that'd be arousal. Oh, yeah, so, Okay, arousal.
2: Naden took that a bit different.
3: That's right. Yeah, manage <laughs> your level of internal arousal. Now, run with the early success, good point, but get this, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't
0: get ahead of yourself. So that's in point eight. <laughs> that's a point which eight. I'm going
3: point four. Point four is don't get, don't ahead, get of ahead of yourself. yourself. <laughs> So, 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 repeating advice. Well, that's because it's, it's a bit fight clubbish. That's right. You know, these these are the rules, and they're,
0: they're really pushing that, that one.
3: It's young. It takes a while to sit in, it sink in, and finally listen to your coach. I've got only one thing to add to Walker: get out of the Roosters. They're a dying franchise. You're on <laughs> fire. Oh, do come on. I'm about to rap, Pat, and you've got something to say. Uh,
2: so don't don't read the media, and that's like an open letter to. Walker, how's it supposed to get? How's the message supposed to get to
0: him?
3: Dean no. Smith's logical flaw there. <laughs> That's right. I mean, how can the kids be informed if they don't get on social media and read the press? Will they follow the twelve-point plan from Dean Ritchie? You are on fire up.
1: And now it's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Panther, dragon, rooster, warrior, bronco, eel, knight titan brilliant and that was the latest installment of the life and times of gus gould 99 percent of it the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by channel 9 uh, i'm not going to answer any questions i've done my job thanks Harris away the family there for the shit. I've been for four decades and I did not understand it.
2: So we're taking we're taking Gus on today. Okay. And he's lost his marbles. <laughs> like he's he's gone and he's lost his last fan. I'm I'm off the I'm off the train.
3: Are you no longer listening to Six Tackles with Gus? It's a struggle. Mm.
2: It's a real struggle.
3: And why do you feel he's lost his marbles?
2: Uh <laughs> <How long laughs> have we got?
3: Okay. When when do you feel he
0: actually had them?
2: What well, evidence when he, is there? When he, I think he
0: he says he invented forty twenties. He invented the game yeah. in nineteen oh eight. This has been long established you've, in rugby league. The musical you've, you've yeah. um,
3: presented that as a historical artifact. It, haven't it, it, it is. He he
0: invented it, and, and it's on the cover of the original rugby league laws Merseys of the game. <laughs> was written by Gus Gould. On A coaster at the uh, Phillips Street Hotel. That's that's it.
2: It's exactly where he signed it. So he. he... Well, I was, I was perusing the TV on Thursday night. Yeah, and I noticed mm. that the uh, South got over. Broncos? Did they? Yeah, was, and then late in the game, Channel Nine, as is as is, they want to do, were promoting the the game, Panthers game, the next day, and Gus had this to say about the Panthers.
1: Panthers have won twenty two of their last twenty three or something. The only game they lost was a grand final. They should have won that.
2: It's yeah. still not over the grand final. Like how many times have people like it was all over the news the day after
3: that? The, the, should have won that. That Melbourne had won. They should have won that. No, well,
2: it was that was part of it, and then the other half of the news was that Gus was went crazy on, on Panthers' hype. Like, they were down 26-0, and he's like, you yeah, know, Panthers got them right where they want them.
0: Yeah, yeah, Panthers rough. You now. don't want to
2: play good on, like... There's peaking late.
3: He knows which Peek, dressing room... Peaking late, would it late.
2: Be.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Again, the PWI wrestlers would go, this is terrific. They're down 26 points. You know, everyone's hating on them. They'll have a terrific comeback and win the belt. Or, or possibly not, but they're going to get the crowd up. Or the Proven Summers trophy, and they didn't do it. But, I mean, this got you thinking, Pat, and if we go out, please... Share this podcast with your friends. We need more subscribers. Get on the NRL Twitter, the Fire Up Twitter at uh, F- Fire Up NRL. Correct. Yep. Uh, Fire Up Facebook page. Join in because you get an opportunity to participate in this show, and we want you and your colleagues to contribute to the debate. And given that we're dealing with loss, what was the topic that you put out to the so fan base? What what page?
2: losses can't get over? Right. In rugby league it's a losers' table. Which which debits do you carry?
3: Right, so okay, as, as you were alluding to before, Dennis, 15 out of 16 supporter bases are ultimately doomed to failure and each the, year.
0: Well, I believe the quote is, winning is an aberration. Yeah, right. So <laughs> if you ask <laughs> asked that question,
3: what, what's a loss you haven't been able to get over?
0: <laughs> there are many, <laughs> there are many we're, losses. We're
3: running out of time here, Dennis. Okay, so I'll, I'll go straight back to 1988. There were well, two in, losses in 1988.
0: Worse well, than Sticky's broken leg? The Sticky's broken leg in 93. Yeah. But, we didn't lose that game. We won yeah. that game sixty-eight. Just the general Sixty-eight nil. Last game of the season against the Eels. Sticky broke his leg. He was the general. Um, there was a game where the, the Bulldogs beat us nineteen eighteen in the nineteen eighty-eight. What final was that called? I mean, they're all major, in rugby uh, league. That that was every a, every, every major the preliminary major, final. major semi-finals, major semi-final. There was two Raiders players sent to the bin. Laurie Daly got the ball at dummy half, Dummy to the left, went to the right, the ball left his hands, didn't touch anyone, didn't touch anything. He regathered it, went through the line and scored and was called back. That's what Rugby League was found on. That was Daily Messenger's yep. signature match. It was called back. That would have been a Raiders win. The Raiders would then have beaten the Sharks and gone into the 88 grand final against the Tigers. The following week, the Raiders played the Tigers and they lost 14-6. And this is the one that stings me the most because what happened here... The Raiders were. It was halftime, six two. The Tigers have gone in again, so they've made it eight uh, six to the Tigers. Ricky Stewart gets the ball on the try line after the Tigers, you know, do a tiger sort of thing and lose the ball, and he kicks it downfield and then chases it through. He puts it up high, and then he was famous for his high spiraling torpedo. That not only did the ball spiral on its own axis. The flight path spiralled, making it very hard to catch. Radar Boot Conley is under it. He's juggling back and forth like Mike Hussey at the cricket ground. Left to right, left to right. He finally gets it. But because the ball was up so long, Ricky has run. Bang! Smashes Radar Boot. The ball comes out. Ricky picks it up and runs off. And he's on the way to the try line when he's called back by Mick Stone. Uh, He's called back by Mick Stone. And Ricky's like, why? And he said, you're offside. You were downtown in this stage. You are allowed to do the Would downtown. Did you say not in the spirit of the game? He didn't say not in the spirit of the game, but Ricky put his arms out and he was a mid-close-up on camera and said, but I, something, kicked it. Now, I don't think it was actually something, but Michael it looked like something. I, Michael Lucking, kicked it. And the ref said, I don't care. You're offside.
3: By the way, good news for all Fire Up fans is there's talk of Carmichael Hunt coming to the Broncos. <laughs> uh, he's playing uh, the cup. Yeah, he's playing the Q Cup. But I, I, now, if I remember, that was a wet day. Is that right? That was a wet day. Yeah, now I went. I have a feeling we had to like beat Penrith or something in a playoff to get into the semis, and we went on a run which was Manly, you Sharks, and we fell short. Which was
0: funny because it was belmain Penrith, Mick Stone. Yeah. Bellmain Manly, Mick Stone. Yeah. Belmain Canberra, Mick Stone. Bellmain Cronulla, Mick Stone, and then he datted you. Right. So he I, was on your side all through the, until the '88 grand final, and he turned his back and said.
3: Have at him, Terry. <laughs> That's right. Have at him, Baba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do yeah.
0: your worst. I'm not looking.
3: <laughs> Ellery Hanley, I don't like that. That is a rope-a-dope. Uh, so I actually was at all those games, but couldn't get to the grand final, so maybe I'm the problem. Mine, of course, is very obvious. It's the, the next the greatest day of your well, life, the 1980 grand, grand yeah. final. We have a
0: mention of,
2: of the 1989 final. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Michael, the, What's his worst memory? the Steelers versus Broncos in the Panasonic Cup. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So <there> were two <laughs> tragic losses that year. And I'd never heard of this. There is a dead set basketball pass a broncos throw to win the game
3: oh, went like way a dead,
2: yeah like over like over the top basketball pass
3: yeah because they needed to um, improve the brisbane market yeah they're not they're not above that sort of stuff i won't go into the 89 grand final cuz it give you license to go into the 89 grand final let's just simply say in one month around that particular period of time i broke my leg my house was robbed and we lost the grand final extra time rebreak my leg re-rob my house it'd give me that premiership what else have we heard out there from the ether, Redford pattern? Pat? Uh, a
2: lot of dragons.
3: Yes. Dragons
2: are carrying a lot of losses with them. A couple mentions of the Tigers on um, Sunday. I think that's that loss is going to carry for a while. Uh, um, there's actually one I'll say at the end, which I think might be... Uh, maybe put our heads together and see, see if we can come up with what I... I when I heard, I'm like, this, that's the worst
3: loss. Worst beat anyone's ever who had. Who are the Dragons victims? Who, who's been sending the feedback? Uh, there? Who
2: is? Oh, who are they? Uh, so, Ben Searle. Yep. I think Searle. he's pretty much named every... Um, Dragons
3: lost. 99 grand final, I think, would stick in the crawl. Didn't they
2: lose like six? Like they won 78, yeah. was it? 85, 85 Bulldogs,
3: 92, 93. Two to the Broncos.
2: 96,
3: 99. 99 96 to Manly. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> then <laughs> there was the
2: 95 semi final to the Bulldogs. <laughs> when the Bulldogs finished seventh or eighth.
3: Yeah, and
0: they beat the Raiders with yeah. the rainy
3: I think 05 is the worst final. Dragons
2: beat. 05 oh, yeah. against the Tigers.
3: Oh, that was, a, that was a crippling loss. But yeah. I can tell you, you go back and watch the video. The Tigers run out, Brett Hodgson up on his toes, smiling, going, how good is this? And then the sort of like Cybermen, out came the Dragons carrying the weight of the world. Trent Barrett looked like he knew he was going to be destined to coach <laughs> because, Manly and the Bulldogs they, in his future.
0: They could feel the choke oh, in their my neck goodness. as they ran
3: out. And we played with a joie de vivre, if I can use that expression oh, again, Dennis. Yeah. And that was a crippling loss for the, the Dragons. Next year, Loved the, it.
2: The next year, the Dragons beat the premiers of Broncos in week one. And then they lost to Melbourne in like a a competitive game. And Nathan Brown, after the game, I remember this clear as day and I've only seen it the one time. His hair's all gone. His face (laughs) is droopy. He looks dejected. Like, he's just a broken human being. And and he's in this press conference and he says, um, he's pulling his face and he says, you know, my wife says to me, Nate, your problem is you love rugby league, but sometimes rugby league, she just don't love you back. Oh, I've man. seen it once and it was fifteen years ago. Burn in your mind. It like burned in my mind as like one of until um uh Corey Horsbrough had his little Corey brain explosion last year, like my all time favourite rugby league moment. And I quite like Brownie. So you you preferred you like Horsburgh. Corey Horsbrough's my top three is the Brownie, Horsbrough, yep. and then third is uh Corey Allen passing to Alex Johnston in the in-goal <laughs>
3: Um, I was at the 96 Grand Final. And I was with my mate John Osborne. I won't identify him by name, and he's an insane St George supporter. And I think Manson was the referee, and the number of times he'd scream the words in uh, no particular order, Manson, you prick. And I think it was just near half time where Brownie actually had, he still had his hand on Matthew Ridge, which oh, yeah. looked like a completed tackle, yeah. and Ridge got up and ran Ooh. again, yeah. and then Manly uh, scored almost immediately thereafter. Now earlier on, when he was yelling all his uh, violent invective, they put up those things, those graphics. If anyone in the crowd is creating trouble, you know, please tell a, a marshal and they'll come attend to it. And all these people are looking right in our direction. <laughs> but by the time that Ridge gets up to run the ball, despite having been tackled by Brown, my mate is just slumped in the seat, exhausted, and it was already over. He couldn't even get any rage up. And it was already too late. Who road. else uh, uh, threw in something?
2: Time might be getting the best of us. We got uh, uh, George O'Grady said the Sunday Roast, oh, which well. is on top of my mention of um, Boots and All.
3: So, so that was the <sighs> yeah. the Gould Voss vehicle, correct? That,
2: yeah, it was post Boots and All though.
3: Right, and I, yeah. I enjoyed those shows. Yeah,
2: and yeah. then Boots and All sort of uh,
3: the fan, same same spirit as the fan. I'm, I'm enjoying the fan this year. I'm right. enjoying Lara's work and Voss's work.
2: Uh, yeah great fantastic uh, David Kowalski mentioned like Swans and West Coast I think that might be the North American rugby that's league that's
3: right that's the new North American rugby league coming so he's he's worried about yep. losses in the future
2: yep we got a few mentions of the Bears uh, John Doherty um, heading that up we got Andrew Barry said the 1997 grand final he must be a Sharks fan Super League did one shot Glass until... Canoe said Willie Peters leaving St. George for South Sydney in 2002 which of course <laughs> was on the heels of Andrew Hart doing the same thing <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, then we had um, a couple of, uh, of of poignant ones. Friend of the show, Brendan Clay, said Bronco Reg, where, where's he? He's gone quiet.
0: Oh, that's a big loss. Yeah, cause,
2: I, cause I no, like... he said Bronco Reg would be the 215 grand final. But Bronco Reg, like, we lost, like, lost him years ago. Yeah. And then I, on I... the heels of that was... Uh, Oh, you go.
3: Yeah, well, too, as I said, though, one tackle away from immortality for Wayne Bennett, and he wouldn't be coaching anymore because he would have done it all. And Anthony Milford wouldn't be in Coosbane, which he is right now, um, or Purgatory. But I can safely, uh, well, I can happily report that uh, Bronco Reg is thriving. He actually accompanied me to the Battle of the Top Knots out at the Old Girl on Saturday night, and he's getting married this year.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, we won't go over who got invited and who didn't. That's fine. A uh, friend, a uh, supporter of the show, Cass Wilkinson, who from the early days of, of FBI, real. I'm very much an encourage of us. Said. FBI,
3: FBI legend, love Cass.
2: Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, Brett Oatman, she hasn't got over that loss, and uh, certainly well, we haven't either.
3: Well, she can get stuffed.
2: <laughs> and then the, I thought that the the worst beat of all time. Do you do you guys have one? Just quickly before we go.
3: No, no. I think uh, 89 Grand Final is where I always go. I
2: reckon there's one worse. 63.
3: Oh so Georgia Ooh. West. Yeah,
2: so sixty three. I yeah. had this in my mind and um
0: Has someone put that in there. Someone put that in there. Speaking of Matthew Ridge and the 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 player having the the hand still on him, that was the one where the who was it that got Rick- up to go and he, he was tackled. He was and held. The referee, and he was the and the referee was on the take. Darcy Lawler was on the take, yep. and, and so Johnny yeah, King scored the try, good. correct? Yeah. And of course, yeah. it's,
3: it's where we get the, the iconic John O'Grady photograph of yeah. Arthur and Norm, yeah. caked in mud.
2: That was Richard Yasby, by the way, who said that one. Oh,
3: Richard Yasby, He's a big West fan, and um, I, you know, certainly Arthur's never accepted it. Noel Kelly's never accepted it. It's and imagine just
2: how much it would. you know, I know we're, we're stuck for time, but imagine how much it would change. Because you wouldn't have the. We wouldn't have the eleven years of nightmare. The never before, never again or six yeah. and but is it possible though that if that, if month, that, if that you know,
0: piece of history changed that perhaps the Dragons might have won in 77 and it, 78 and 92 93, 93 96 99 yeah. yeah. nine and, nine and on and yeah. on yeah well I mean you know you could 85 was it 85 they lost 2-0 or something was it 7-6 7-6 <laughs>
3: yeah, to the dogs yeah. I think Something then you like have the
2: Steelers fan. Maybe they that reverses then the Steelers end up beating St. George because oh. St. George is so drunk on success through the 70s uh, and uh, 80s. And
3: now we just have the Illawarra Steelers and no had, Dragons. Yeah, the, the, oh, we have
2: not, the Illawarra Steelers in the western suburbs. And you also
0: might not even have had the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> The lost. Yeah, this is yeah. Lost, yeah. true. true. I think I think the, the there is a Darcy podcast. Darcy He changed history. He's
3: responsible for Granada Sutherland. There's
2: a podcast called Hypothetic RL and the West Tigers. That does this. Um, we don't want to step on their toes, but yeah, I think that's the worst beat of all time.
3: And, you know, I have a friend who's now a district court judge who named his son Darcy, and I said, is that the ultimate, you know, joke that <laughs> a lawmaker has named his son in honor of a the referee most... who's not here to defend himself, but is commonly accepted he was a cheat?" Also,
2: a referee called Lawler.
3: Yes, I know. It's a beautiful,
2: wow. ironic... Yeah. i got to have one of these every week. We had Terry Bull last week who laments the loss of his hair i <laughs> oh, no! sorry Todd Slater laments the loss of his hair yes. my apologies and Terry Bull laments um, still lamenting Trent Barrett
3: well anyway let's hope Nat Butcher delivers his namesake for the Roosters this weekend uh, Dennis thank you very much Redfern Pat thank you for your hard work and brilliant audio this is Fire Up we'll join you next week
1: woo